don't know if I really love this decision. Over the middle, got his man, and look at him go! Jalen Waddle for the touchdown! Welcome to Inside Leverage, your gateway to the fascinating realm of the Miami Dolphins. Join us as we delve deep into the team's dynamic Super Bowl journey. We invite you to share your most scorching takes, unwind, and relish in our captivating Welcome to the show, Josh. Yeah, thanks for having me. We had some breaking news this this morning on uh, something going on in the AFC East. Uh, looks like the Bills let go of uh, their OC. Uh, basically, just he's not Brian Dable. Let's just call it that. Ken Dorsey was the position coach for Josh Allen as a quarterbacks coach, but Josh Allen hasn't been allowed to be Josh Allen. And I, you can argue he's thrown eleven interceptions in ten games, which is a fact. It's true. But Josh Allen isn't playing the type of football that he's capable of simply because he's being reined in. You're not seeing him do anything with his legs, which he was so good at. And he's basically gone into this system that has become very predictable. I understand you want longevity with your franchise quarterback, but it simply wasn't working. Head coach Sean McDermott saying that this was completely his decision. But at 5-5, five and five, this is a down year for the Bills. They were projected to be a legitimate Super Bowl contender. And where the Dolphins have five easy games coming up, the Bills have a gauntlet in front of them in November. So the change was made. There's still enough time in the season for them. They have not had their bye week, but they're going a different direction. But with the pieces that you added on offense, I understand that you have a few injuries, but you cannot be playing at the level you are playing at with the pieces that you have, especially when you have the pieces on defense. I know you lost Milano. I know you lost Travis White, the corner, but this was a legitimate team to compete for the AFC East, and right now they look terrible. In, in your opinion, and I, I, if, if once I'm done, if anybody else has any other questions on the topic, in your opinion, do you think it was a a just firing, or was or was he used as a scapegoat to the situation? Uh, I'm not super close to the players. I, I haven't the players I know on that team. I haven't spoken to. Normally, when you have a head coach that says this is 100% my decision, that means that there's a lot more going on behind the scenes. Uh, so if, however you want to read into that, but uh, I, I think it's a little bit of both, but you can't lose to that Broncos team. I mean, you beat yourselves. You can't fall to five and five uh, and the games that they've lost, something had to change. So I think a little bit, definitely the fall guy, but somebody's going to go down. And uh, unfortunately it was Dorsey. Yeah. Uh, quick question, Josh. Like we've yeah. seen this movie before many a teams, many a times they, they start trickling, and at the end of the year, they end up with a losing record and revamp the system. We might sound like homers. We've been saying this. Look, you're going to fire your coach. You're going to fire everybody. You're going to go to the total opposite and get your uh, get an officer, guru guy, maybe go get the guy from the Lions or something like that to go revamp and bring Josh Allen back. That's what I see happening. They could do whatever they want this season, but I see that's the future for them. I might be wrong because they have a, a franchise quarterback. Yeah, you've got to coach around it. Like, if Josh Allen isn't happy, you have to make him happy because realistically, you're not going to be able to go get somebody of his talent to replace him. 
regardless of how many picks you're going to get. Like, you have Stephon Diggs in his prime. Like, you need him. You've got a good defense, even though you lost Matt Milano, but you've got the safeties in Hyde and Poyer. I don't know how much longer you're going to keep them around. Uh, you've got Kincaid, the rookie, that has been phenomenal. Like, the pieces are there. And you have a down year with the Jets are and the Patriots are basically off the face of the map. So all you have to do is beat the Dolphins again, and, and you have a playoff spot. But right now it's looking like you can't do that. And with the pieces they have in place, you know, you, you have to make a change. And hopefully Josh Allen has a guy in mind. But uh, I'd be curious to see what happens with Brian Dable. I understand, you know, Daniel Jones got hurt, and there's a lot of things going on with the New York Giants. Is his job safe? Normally a head coach gets three years. This is his second year. But, you know, maybe he's a name that maybe comes back. And sometimes you could argue that head coaches, you know, we've seen they're just better coordinators. And maybe that's a role that, that he wants to go and take and realize, hey, I can win a ring with Josh. And you can take that personal step back. But uh, I'm curious to see what they will do moving forward. I know they named the, the interim OC in, in house. But, yeah, you've got to go out and get somebody. But you can't waste this season. You've got you've invested too much. And in a town like that, it's you're expected to win. So I'm very curious to see how this plays out, but number one priority, you got to keep Josh Allen happy and you got to keep going and spending draft picks on offensive players. That's very interesting. I like how you kind of segue to it because in my mind, I'm trying to figure out how are they going to approach the offense because you can't change the system especially during this time period where you need, you should be at your peak within your system. So do you agree or disagree? Do you feel that they're going to select based on what Ken Dorsey has some of the plays that within the scheme or within the talents of, of Josh Allen in the running game? Cause I think the running game has been improved for them and incorporating Josh Allen into more QB runs, those type of things. Um, what, in your mind, what do you see them doing as, as they change as they try to approach it differently now. I think the biggest thing, and you hear head coaches talk about this all the time, or all the offensive minds, explosive plays down the field. Josh Allen has a cannon. James Cook had a couple runs. He stopped the line of scrimmage. He's able to turn it into six to eight yards. And we've seen that repeatedly this season with their offense, where basically these good players have been bailing out the scheme and the system versus comparing and contrasting to Mike McDaniel, where you're scheming up other teams. Granted, you have speed all over the field. But you're giving your players an advantage. What the Bills have asked their players to do is to be perfect on every play. And realistically, that is not sustainable. You have to play to your strengths, and you have to give yourself room for air. It's hard to get 11 guys moving in the same direction, even at the pro level, on every single play. But you got to figure out how to free up digs when he's double covered. Gabe Davis has to play better. Kincaid has been a stud. I think they've got a great piece in James Cook. I know he's from down here. But I, I really like him despite the fumble troubles. But as soon as you open up the passing game and you all have to worry about over the top, it's going to free everything else up underneath. And that's why they talk about, you know, the pass balance between the, the run and the pass. But with Josh Allen, if you don't put a spy on him, we saw we saw the defense with Buffalo. You had Russell Wilson running for first downs. They didn't have a spy on him. And that's a change that they made. So and you've got Josh Allen, who right now can run a lot better than Russell Wilson and Dorsey, even seeing that, watching the game, he should have been made aware of that. But That's I understand, true. you know, you don't want Josh Allen out of the pocket. He takes a big hit. You don't want somebody going headhunting. But those are the risks you've got to take. They've got to be calculated. But from my experience, I covered Aaron Rodgers for five years in Green Bay. 
if you cannot be you, and if you can, as a quarterback sitting in shotgun formation, handing the ball off, little check downs, dump downs, you are screaming on the inside for something down the field. And then what happens is you feel like you have to make a play yourself. And that's where I think these interceptions are coming from. And that to me is the number one discussion that the bills need to have moving forward. Josh, that's a great point that you're making. One of the things I, I, I want to get to as, as we come out of this bye week and, and, and it sounds like we're talking, uh, the landscape of the AFC East. And I'll just kind of keep it really quick on the landscape of the AFC East. When you kind of, and, and I'll pivot it into the Dolphins specifically for a question. When you look at the, the, the structure of the AFC East and you look at kind of what you say, timing of uh, the Bills look like they're stumbling a little bit. The Jets um, are a little bit in the middle of the road, not really know what decision they're really moving in. The uh, Patriots are at the end of the division. When you talk about windows, you know, sometimes a window can open when you least expect it. And I'm not saying this window that the Dolphins have is opening when you least expect it, but the the magnitude in, in which a, a specific season can become magical, even in season, especially coming out of a bye week. Can you talk about what this stretch uh, could really mean to, I, I would say, legacy? This, you know, I, I, like we talked Jimmy Butler with the Heat, these legacy moments. Can you talk about what the end of this stretch could mean for when you talk about Tua contending in the playoffs, getting to the playoffs? winning a game, i.e. going to the championship, Super Bowl even. Can you kind of give us a little insight on kind of how that's kind of shaping out with the landscape of the East? Yeah, so I think the biggest thing is the change in the playoff format where the number two seed does not get a bye. And to me, I think the two seed's got to get a bye when they go to 18 games, which will most likely happen here in the next collective bargaining agreement. We'll give you two bye weeks. But um, – Right now, the next five games are all against teams with sub-500 records, and that includes the Jets twice. So, realistically, you're going to stumble against one. This is going to happen. So, 4-1 and one over the next five, you're at 10-4, and four, going down a stretch where you've got the Cowboys at home, I think Baltimore on the road, and then you've got the Bills to close it out. So, you have a legitimate chance to be 12-5. and five. And that right there, depending on how the other teams do, gives you a legitimate chance, in my mind, to have the number one seed. I don't know. I think the Chiefs will probably be right there. Um, I think the Jaguars are a really interesting team simply because of strength of schedule and what they have remaining, even though they just got blown out by the 49ers. So you don't want to see the Chiefs in the first round of the playoffs. You don't want to see the Ravens in the first round of the playoffs. And you don't, I don't know what sense he's right now. We have no idea what they are. So if you can secure that one or two spot, that is going to be huge, especially the one if you get the bye week. I mean, it's made such a difference every time. But when you talk about legacy, uh, a lot of players talk about you earn your paycheck in the regular season and you create your legacy in the play playoffs. This Dolphins team does not want a playoff game in 20-plus years. I think last year, if Tua plays in that game in Buffalo, they win that game against the Bills. I mean, you had Skylar Thompson basically take them to within a game-winning drive and they fell flat. So that – the, the legacy is they need to win in the playoffs. And I think they will win at least one playoff game this year. But you've got to get healthy at the right time. The Bills have a late bye. There's now eight games where you have to play, which is a long stretch. So hopefully we get to week 17 or 18. You want to rest your starters, especially if you got a playoff game if you don't have a bye. So like we'll see how those last three weeks kind of play out. But 
right now, the Finns are positioned so well. We saw what this defense could do against the Chiefs. They held them to 14 points. You finally saw Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey play, which was the vision of this team. This defense could be much, much better, and they're getting healthy. This kid, Devon Achan, is special, and he changes the offense, and then you still have Raheem Mostert. You still have Tyree Kill. You still have Jalen Waddell. So the pieces are there. Everything is in place. You just have to hope for a little bit of luck. But again, you get to 10 and four over this next stretch. I think you're setting yourself up very, very well. And I think the experience of going to Buffalo and actually having a playoff game is going to help this team. Uh, we've seen it with the Heat, you know, where they just have the experience of being in the Eastern Conference Finals and making the NBA Finals of the last stretch. So when you get that experience and that familiarity, it really helps when your heart beats a little bit faster and there's a little bit more on the line. So there's a lot to play for. I know it's week to week. You just hope that they can stay healthy and, and be in a position to make a run at this thing. And I think they're uh, positioned pretty well. And I think they feel the same way simply because Chris Greer didn't make any moves at the trade deadline. I know that he made a ton of calls, but uh, I mean, they're all in. The window is this year or next year because you've got two on the contract for $25 million. That's going to go up to about 40 plus uh, the year after that if he decides to stay. So you know, this is it. And especially when you've got the Jets and the Patriots down. And right now we don't know what the heck is going on with the Bills. So you're guaranteed pretty much that playoff spot on paper. Now you got to go out and get it and hopefully you can get a buy. And if not, you can rest your guys at least the last week and then, you know, go make a run at this thing. And hopefully uh, in the 30 years of Don Shula setting the record, it's 30 year anniversary tonight for uh, most wins all time in NFL history. Let's uh, let's hope that this one's special.